One thing about mama, she is going to make sure that everyone else is taken care of before she even thinks about treating herself. So if you are looking for the perfect gift to make mom feel special this Mother's Day, make sure you check out the Mega Moisture Duo from Osea Malibu because body care is self-care. Since 1996, Osea has been making clean, clinically proven, seaweed-infused skincare. So this Mother's Day, treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GSPP at OseaMalibu.com. Plus, you'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code GSPP for 10% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wish for it, or you can work for it. You gotta work for greatness. If you ain't working, you should be working. These are the confessions of a workaholic. Welcome to Confessions of a Workaholic, where we share the success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs who are obsessed with success. This is your girl, Coriel, and this episode is definitely going to inspire you to go after what you want. If you enjoy our conversation, be sure to drop us a review on iTunes. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and reading those reviews. Today's episode is brought to you by the Get Money Gang, your formula for more wealth with less work. To learn more about how you can add passive streams of income to your current business model, visit thegetmoneygang.com. Today we are talking to Justice Miranda, a recent Clark Atlanta graduate and entrepreneur who created Our Errands mobile personal assistant app. Her platform helps college students who need a job or business experience and busy working women like myself and like many of the women in my audience who need a little organization and assistance in their lives. Justice, are you ready to confess? I am ready. So you studied business at Clark, but aside from your um, degree, what other experiences do you have that inspired you um, to create this app? And before you even talk about um, your experience, I've mentioned a little bit about what the app is, but introduce the app the way you want uh, my listeners to hear it. So uh, exactly what is our errands um, app all about? Okay, yeah. So our errands is the first on-demand personal assisting app. So what that means is small business owners like yourself no longer have to hire anyone full-time or part-time to have a personal assistant. Um, They now can just hire them for a few hours out of the week or day to help them with little things like data entry all the way up to graphic design and planning out um, possible promotional materials for them. So um, we do that uh, pretty much full-time. We also 
cater to luxury apartment homes um, and buildings where we uh, give them concierge desk people as well as uh, lighthouse cleaning and housekeeping in their homes. So we're pretty versatile. Um, we're a consultation type of business um, and a staffing type of business as well. So we do everything ourselves, background check, onboarding, training before they can upload a profile. So well vetted personal assisting and concierge services um, that are on demand and that you don't have to actually pay for continuously just at your leisure. Um, go ahead. I'm and sorry. So, no, you're good. So I actually heard about this app and this concept and actually had the chance to meet you um, a couple months ago at Jewel Tankard's um, conference here in Atlanta. And I was just blown away, number one, by the idea of this app because it's so needed and it's so smart. It's so genius. But number two, by how young you are. Um, like I say, you are a recent Clark Atlanta graduate. And aside from that business degree, I know you have like some background um, experience that kind of led you even down this path of creating this app so talk a little bit about that experience because so often people think if I don't have a degree doing exactly this thing that I want to do that I'm not qualified to do it but you were able to turn your skill set that you have literally based on your experience not based on your degree you were able to, to monetize that so talk a little bit about that skill set and your experience yeah, most definitely. So you're very right. I am still young. Um, so I'm 24. I actually just turned 24 about two weeks ago. But I started personal assisting at 12 years old. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how crazy. Uh, child labor. Yeah, it was really a thing. Um, but back then, for myself, personal assisting was not a job. It was genuinely a hobby. Somebody took me under their wing. Um, somebody who not just personal assisted, but managed different artists in LA. That's where I'm from. I'm from California. So um, someone who just managed different artists took me under their wing and said, hey, Justice, I would love if you would help me out. So from that point forward for genuinely the rest of my life, all up until now, um, I was personal assisting small business owners, artists, um, photographers, videographers, um, up until I started personal assisting more so for celebrities. Um, so, of course, I was like on The Real Housewives of Atlanta with Kenya Moore and things like that. But it really, that experience, the last experience that I had, which was, you know, with The Real Housewives, that experience catapulted this idea of starting a personal assistant and concierge business. Of course, having my degree definitely gave me the backing for it and um, the knowledge of how to run it. But my experience in personal assisting gave me everything that I needed to actually create this business. So like I said, we, personal, um, we personally vet our assistants ourselves. So background checks, onboarding training, all of that I do personally. So going through resumes, knowing what to look for in a resume, that is definitely from my college education. But being able to look at that person's resume and seeing their experience and seeing if they worked in hospitality before and then afterwards being able to train them is from genuinely just my experience, not from my schooling at all. So I'm very grateful for Clark Atlanta University and the business school there, but definitely just growing within myself and in the personal assisting industry helped me a lot with our business. I love it. And in my opinion, the most successful brands or, you know, coaches or educators come from using that personal experience, um, building something based on the things that they love, the things that they're passionate about, and just the things that they've been doing, that they have literally, you know, developed themselves 
into an expert in just based on their experience. So you are literally providing work, right? You are putting people to work um, in, you know, a time when, you know, millennials don't necessarily want to go get a nine to five and work for this one company for the rest of their lives. And so you are catering definitely to the millennials who need work and don't necessarily want to tie themselves down with, you know, one company, as well as the millennial business owners who need help and don't necessarily want to hire like a full-time um, employee or assistant. So you definitely are doing a service, um, you know, to people with a variety of skills. And I love, love, love um, empowering people to just believe that whatever skill set they have, they got the skills to pay the bills. So talk a little bit about some of the skills that your, um, I guess your employees have that they're able to monetize oh yeah most definitely so everything that you said is literally on point it's very accurate i came into this business thinking that i was going to staff a bunch of college students who are trying to find a job that'll give them not just experience but valuable experience so that they don't have to work these retail jobs at victoria's secret mcdonald's you know all these just different things that aren't giving them a genuine experience of building their resume so that was my initial thought and then actually when we started hiring what we came to realize is is that that college student yes of course wants that opportunity but the college graduates want it even more. So you were speaking more so towards the millennials who need those type of opportunities. Well, those, I don't, I don't really know like what the perfect terminology is for people that aren't millennials. I, that's probably my bad on millennials. <laughs> but the people that have already graduated years and years ago, those are the people that we're hiring right now. So the people that are stay-at-home moms that need something while their kids are in school to just do that isn't a nine to five because they can't work around that schedule, that's actually who we cater to. Um, and as far as skill sets, those college students really come in hard for that because you have college students that are majoring in mass media, well, at Clark Atlanta University. So mass media would encompass radio, television, and film. So now I'm hiring people who aren't just personal assistants, they're videographers and photographers, they're graphic designers, they're web developers. Like, I, that's one thing that I can say about millennials is that we don't come just offering one thing or one service to you. We are like a dual dynamic package. So the skill sets that they bring to this opportunity is amazing. Now, those people that aren't in our millennial age range, they bring, like you were saying, that experience. I can't personally say, which I thank God for, but I can't say that I've ever worked corporate. So for somebody to come into our establishment and have worked corporate for even 25 years, but this that just wasn't where they wanted to go with their life, that person really helps us a lot because we're providing personal assistance. So what that is, is just an executive assistant to a small business. And so many people have that type of experience um, just in their resume and in their portfolio that we love to have. So in my opinion, as far as experience and even people that are thinking about doing something like this or coming and joining on board with us, there's nothing specific that we need except your genuine want to help somebody. That's always what I say. If you genuinely want 
to help a small business get to another level that they weren't at before, please come join our team. It's not a specific skill set that you need. You don't even have to have graduated college if you're still in college or you started and haven't finished yet. We want the skill sets. We want the experience. Like you were saying, the experience builds um, definitely the reputation and repertoire for our customers and our clients. So yes. Not to mention how great it looks when you can say, you know, you can list this different work history, this, these different um, companies that you've worked with and you've supported. It's a win-win for everybody. So I, I absolutely love these types of businesses that are literally on a daily basis helping the community. Um, and so you are obviously a fellow HBCU grad. I love, love, love talking to my proud HBCU alum. For you, why was it so important for you to attend an HBCU? Ooh, well, for myself personally, I, um, like I said, I grew up in California. So I grew up in Simi Valley. So if anyone knows anything about Simi Valley, the one thing that we're known for is that is where the Rodney King trials were held. Um, and basically what that means is that the demographic there is probably like 10 to one as far as Caucasian to African-American or minority in general. So like for myself, I was the first black homecoming queen in that city. Things like that is what made me really go towards an HBCU. Um, and then also for myself, I wanted to know more about my culture know more about my background and how things came about, especially in Atlanta. Thank God that I came to Atlanta because you really see the roots and how things just, how black people here can start something and not just start it for yourself, but start it for a whole movement of people. That's what I really enjoy about not just an HBCU, but a black environment in general. And I feel like Atlanta is like, well, we always say the black Hollywood, but the up and coming, you know, kind of like black wall street for us. So for me, it was genuinely getting myself exposed to a different um, arena and being able to be versatile in every situation. I can go into a boardroom and talk to whoever I need to, whenever I need to, and also be able to go and present at the gathering spot, which we are a part of as well. And that's a minority owned, you know, co-working space. So the versatility for me was really what it was. Um, and then also just the knowledge of my background in history. So very true. And although I get a number of, you know, different answers, obviously, when I ask that question, what I feel like all of those answers boil down to is HBCUs just create an environment of Black excellence, like mm -hmm. to be able to learn about your roots and see so many people in positions of power and of leadership and with authority, there's nowhere else under the sun um, that you can experience that. Unless, of course, you know, you're in Atlanta, which is definitely the next best thing to HBCU. Um, you know, as a, as a Black business owner, whether you are a man or a woman, you know, aspiring or current, this is the launching pad. Um, no matter what you have going on, this is definitely the place to be. Um, and I love it and am blessed, obviously, to have started my businesses um, here as well. One thing that I like to talk about um, with my entrepreneurs that I don't think we talk about enough, though, is friendships and the changes that your friendships kind of go through throughout your entrepreneurial journey. Because um, typically when you are ready to grow and expand and, you know, 
seek something outside of the norm, you know, your degree, when you are really going towards building your business and going after things that everyone in your circle might not necessarily be going after or supporting or even understand, sometimes those relationships change. And if we're not having these conversations, when it happens to you, you're going to feel like you did something wrong. So I love being able to, um, you know, ask if you have had any experience with your friendships or your relationships changing as you have you know started to see more success and as, and as your priorities have changed to build your business that's a great question um well first and foremost what i will say is that i was one or i have always been one to keep a small group so it's never been well, I, maybe I can't even say that because at my HBCU, everybody knows me. So they probably will listen to this and be like, Justice was never a small group person. But myself personally, my small circle and the people that I actually consider very close friends to me um, hasn't changed very much since even my freshman year. So like you were saying, as far as the HBCU dynamic, what I will say is just like you were saying, it creates this um, like body of excellence to where everybody is like, it's kind of like a competition. Even for us at Clark Atlanta University, it's a competition just to walk down the promenade. You have to be from head to toe on point. And that's just your wardrobe, not even your personality. So things like that kind of keep you on your toes, which having friends that are from those type of circles or those type of environments helps you as well to elevate yourself, elevate your knowledge. That's something that I can genuinely say my friends have helped me do. Um, as far as losing friends since I have started my business, um, most definitely. <laughs> People will put you in a box that you didn't put yourself in. And once they see you getting out of that box that they have put you in, they now, I want to say, feel uncomfortable, to be honest with you. I think that it's, and I'm not trying to sound, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound any type of way. But what I mean is, if you overstep your boundaries in their mind, for them, they need to fall back or they're uncomfortable or now you're doing more to them than they're doing in their mind. When in actuality, we're all out here grinding. We're all out here hustling. You're just doing it a different way than I'm doing. Also for myself is I don't post a lot of my successes or a lot of the things that I'm doing on my social media as much as I should. So I don't feel like I have... Um, as much hatred or as much haterism <laughs> that some people might be having right now during this time as they're starting their small business. Because once people see you become something that in your mind you know that you, you need to become, they will kind of put you in an outcast position to where you feel like what you're doing is wrong. When in actuality, that's not the case, babe. I promise you a thousand percent your own personal strives and advancements are because of yourself and don't ever let anybody else around you or who was around you determine how you're about to move or how you're about to even see yourself because a lot of times those friends and those circles will diminish the credibility that you have just because in their mind they don't see you in that frame of work or in that mindset so to answer your question, yes, I have lost friends since I have started this endeavor, but the piece of advice that I can give anybody that is doing something like this is stay on your grind. 
those people that are genuinely there for you to hold you down will be there for you to hold you down continuously. They'll be the ones sitting there and encouraging you, or they'll be the ones that when you do post something on your Instagram, it's not just a like, or it's not just, I scroll past it. Now I'm commenting and saying, Hey Jay, yes, kill the game girl. Those people you keep in your circle and you keep around you, um, whether that's a close friend or now somebody that is just seeing you from a distance, appreciate those relationships and really grow them. Because when you get into a space where you're accelerating in a quick environment, you're going to have to have a strong force around you, a good stability system. So yes, I, I'm 1000% agreeing and losing the friends, but keep those that mean something most definitely. Absolutely. And don't take it personal. It ain't you. It is right. not you. It's part of the process. Everybody can't go. Everybody can't go. Um, another thing that I feel like women specifically experience um, often, especially young women, is not being taken seriously professionally. So have you ever experienced, um, you know, you walking in the room and people maybe not expecting what they get? Um, or just people, you know, not respecting you in business. Have you ever experienced that? And how do you overcome it? That question, that really hits home for me. You're making me kind of like tear up because to be honest with you, um, where I am, like I said, I just turned 24. So, and we started the business when I was 22, well, maybe even 23, but it, I've always been the youngest person in the room. And you, sometimes you might not even think like, oh, well, you know, I'm sure that there's 19 year olds or 18 year olds, you know, doing the same thing. They might be, but in the spaces that I'm in, um, which are like incubator spaces, which are tech hub spaces, which are black millennial spaces, these spaces, not as many of our kind, first and foremost, are in these spaces. Also not as many of us that are in this age range are in those spaces. So. 1000% yes, I get that all the time. Um, just about every room that I enter into, people are looking at me like, who is she and why is she here? And then I start talking and they're like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, I, I will continuously say, I'm not trying to sound a type of way, but genuinely people will sit here and listen to the things that I have to say or the commentary or the suggestions that I have. And in their mind, they're blown. Their, their mind is blown at this point because they would have never thought that someone my age would have had so much knowledge. But that's one thing that I can genuinely charge to not just millennials, all of us in general. Don't put these labels on these people or small business owners to say that their age is something that's going to determine the way that they think. There are people that I know even my mom or family members that are in their 50s and 60s that are more relatable and more willing to listen than people that are in my age group in 23 and 24. And I can genuinely say that being on the receiving end of not being, or being on the receiving end of being judged will get you shut down so easily. We'll get your ideas shut down so easily. We'll get your even emotions shut down so easily. So what I will charge to anyone who is ever feeling that it is your responsibility to stand up in those situations and be that person that when they walk in the room they sit here and they are like why are you here and then you speak and boom it's like oh my gosh that's why she's here and I can genuinely say that each time that I walk into a room that exact transition is what happens I don't know if you can relate to that but 
for myself, like even for Jewel Tankard, people were walking past me, you know, at this amazing, you know, millionaires conference. It's amazing, the opportunities. But people are walking past me because I'm 23 years old. I'm like, hey, do you guys want to hear about? They're like, girl, you're 16 years old. Like, and I'm sitting here and I'm going down the full-fledged, you know, itinerary of what we do, background checks, onboarding, and we have over 108 assistants and, and they're still looking at me with the same look. But then once Jewel Tankard is like, Justice, come on up here and tell everybody about your story. And then I come up here and then I say, yes, I'm a recent HBCU grad from Clark Atlanta University. I came all the way down here from Simi Valley, California, and I'm here to help you guys get you a personal assistant. It's like, whoa, wait, maybe I shouldn't have walked past her. And I can, that specific experience in general, from that point, people came up to my table immediately after I spoke immediately to sign up for our stuff. So I know that it happens. I know that for us as young people that are in this curating space of where we're just giving creative ideas and trying to come up with new things and giving those ideas to these people, we're gonna be looked at kind of crazy, but be that crazy person in the room, be that crazy professional that's like, I need her wherever I'm at. Absolutely. You have to be willing to bet on yourself, if nothing else. Um, I truly believe those are the people, the people who we can look to and see that they are giving it their all. They are living passionately. They are confident about the things, you know, that they are talking about. Those are the people that we are naturally um, attracted to and people can sense that. So don't be afraid, you know, to go with your gut and be your authentic self. It typically works out um, in your favor. Now, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, having to kind of deal with like the doubts of other people or them putting you in a box that you didn't even necessarily put yourself in. And I know that you also, you know, were blessed to have a business partner. This is kind of a family um, business, but did you have to deal with the doubts of anyone else or are you even currently having to deal with um, the doubts of anyone else when you were getting started with your business? Um, most definitely. I know that everybody probably deals with certain people and it could be family or your friends or even your significant other <laughs> doubting you saying you know what is this what are you trying to do what do you even have like what's your real vision for this and to be honest with you it's not for someone else to understand what your purpose is if you know what your purpose is that's something that i can personally say for myself if i've been doing this for 12 years like god is calling me for something bigger than just me being an executive assistant at a corporate you know place. So whatever your purpose is, that's what you have to stand strong on. Um, as far as people not believing in my purpose or vision or what we're doing, um, it's very difficult. Uh, with family, one thing that I can say is, is that your parents are always going to want the best for you. So in their mind, the best for me was corporate. I've been in school for five years. I have two degrees. I have two business degrees at that. Why am I not going into corporate? Why am I not getting a stable income? Why am I not going to make sure that I have benefits? And, you know, these things that people go after right after they graduate college. But once you actually, and that's something that I can say to those people that genuinely matter to you, like to me, my parents matter to me, their opinion matters to me. Um, and just about any extension of my family, I will explain to them a million times why I did this. Because to me, they need to understand what I'm doing so that they realize, well, first and foremost, your money's not going to waste because my parents did pay for my schooling, so your money's not going to waste. But also to know that what I'm doing isn't for my personal gain. 
I'm doing this genuinely because I know that I can help other people either see what I'm doing and do it themselves or join in on what I'm doing so that they can be better than what they're already being. So you're always going to have naysayers. You're always going to have doubters. It's your job to be strong enough within yourself to push for your passion and your purpose um, and to explain that passion and purpose to people. I hope that people, when they not just listen to this podcast, but they see our website and our vision and the things that we have in store for our company, I hope that they know that this isn't even for profit. We're a totally bootstrap company to where we haven't received any donations, not from our family, not from our friends, not from people, investors trying to get, you know, a portion of our company. We are doing this ourselves and it's because we're passionate about it. So 1000% you're going to have doubters and naysayers, but you prove to them why they're doubting you isn't a good stable reason to. <laughs> I love it. The best thing that you can do is prove them wrong. And, you know, of course, for those people, like you said, whose opinion really matters and who you know is coming from a good place, even though it doesn't mm-hmm. sound good. For those, okay, you can stop and explain a little bit. But for everybody else, you don't have time to slow down and waste your time trying to explain your vision and your purpose to people who are not meant or even prepared to understand because everybody can't see what you see. Everybody is not driven um, to do the things that you are driven to do. So you definitely cannot take those things um, personally. So I want to transition and talk a little bit more about the actual platform that you have created for our errands because it is app-based. So for those entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs listening who have this million-dollar app idea but feel like they have to have tech skills or tech experience to create an app, um, what would you say to them? How can you encourage them to know that they may already have what it takes? That's a great question. Um, Let me tell you first and foremost, both Deshaun and I, which we are the co-founders, neither one of us have tech experience, not one lick. I mean, I took an infotech class my freshman year in college, but we're five years past that now. So for us and for anyone who is not tech savvy or not into the tech space, get into a tech space. That's all you have to do. Get into a tech space. If you tell your idea to someone who is tech savvy, they will run with that idea and create everything that you had envisioned for it. And I will not doubt that at all. So um, like I said, we're a part of, well, I don't know if I, ha- if I have said that, but we are a part of three co-working spaces. So here in Atlanta, we're a part of WeWork, The Gathering Spot, and Atlanta Tech Village. Um, as far as this question specifically, Atlanta Tech Village is my favorite place to be. For the networking, when it comes to tech, it's incredible. They have so many free even opportunities just for people in the community to come out to, to be exposed to these different companies that could help you just market your idea or help you with the backgrounds of it. They have that. But if you actually already have a business and you don't like us, we have had a business and we didn't actually have the tech behind it. They'll take your business and give you mentors and people that can build that business from ground up. So from Atlanta Tech Village alone, we got our web developer, our app developer. We actually got our social media manager, and we got numerous clients just out of one co-working space. So like you have already said, Atlanta is the hub, especially for minorities. It is the hub. That's one thing that I can say about the different demographics within our country. Um, On the west side, where I'm from, 
people are not willing to help you. I'll say that first and foremost, let alone minorities, right? Isn't that crazy? It's usually like the opposite. No, even if you're a minority, we're still like not really trying to help you. So here in Atlanta on the east side, now we're sitting here, or I guess south, but now we're sitting here and we're saying like, we can do this. If you do it with me, I promise you, I'll get you to a new level than you could have been by yourself. And I can genuinely say Atlanta does that 1000%. It does not matter if you are trying to start your own hair care line, you will have somebody here that will help you from point A to point Z. So don't feel intimidated by this tech space. Don't feel intimidated by the tech people. Don't feel intimidated by us millennials who have all of this experience in the tech space. It doesn't matter. I, it, I encourage those people who are listening to this that are in their 40s and 50s thinking of ideas that genuinely could be better on an app than it would be in a physical store or in a physical location to go into a space that will provide you the opportunities for someone else to help you build out your dream. It's, it, I promise it's easy and it's not that expensive. Just try it. That is a moneymaker right there. There is so much power in your people. Um, can you talk a little bit about, um, not necessarily like networking basics, but for people who are naturally introverted, um, who may already have a membership to a co-networking space or a co-working space, but is not actually networking, what are some natural ways that you can strike up a conversation or convey your need or just introduce yourself to someone um, at one of these spaces or at any networking opportunity? Most definitely. So when you said um, an introvert, that made me think of the point of me talking about being the youngest person in the room and when you come in, you know, you standing out. Some people aren't those people. I am naturally that person to where I am very outgoing and I will, if somebody's like, I need a volunteer, I'll raise my hand to be that person to volunteer. But if you aren't genuinely that person, I have to unfortunately say to you that you have to step out of your box. You have to get out to the point where it's going to be uncomfortable for you. I always say pressure makes diamonds. So those un uncomfortable moments are those moments that will really get you far. So in those moments, my first charge to you is arrive 15 to 30 minutes early to the actual networking event. What that gives you is time when not a lot of people are there to network. So now you don't have to feel the pressure of, you know, who's going to be here and am I going to be worried about talking to this person? Whoever is in that room in the first 15, 30 minutes, you know, those are the people that you can network to. And one thing that I can always say is, is that if your business is a catchy business or a catchy idea, just because you're in that room and you've already networked with two, three people, those two or three people are now going to tell the people around them like, oh my gosh, yes, Justice was just talking to me about a personal assisting business. You should talk to her. And then now you have people coming to you. So it's not always that you have to go out, you know, to do the networking. But when you're in those spaces, use that opportunity as much as you can. First and foremost, you need to always have a business card on you. I know that it's cool and I guess like eco-friendly to do the e-cards e to where they can just, you know, download it on their phone. But what I will say is having a physical card will make you memorable. Even if it's just in somebody's wallet while they're going through and throwing away things, they're like, oh my gosh, I need to call justice. I totally forgot one thing. Okay, so maybe I've named like two things now. But come 15 to 30 minutes early so that you can network with those people in the room. Bring your business cards or some type of promotional material of your company or yourself to be able to distribute. 
And what I will also say is even during that 15 to 30 minutes that is before the event, do the same thing 15 to 30 minutes after the event. I know sometimes you can't stay the whole thing, but those events that you can, make sure that you're talking to people and giving out your promotional material. You asked specifically like how to strike up the conversation. Start by introducing yourself. Hey, how are you? My name is Justice, what's your name? Immediately, that's the conversation. Your next question, what I always ask is, oh, okay, what do you do? That's gonna lead into what do you do? So now you're explaining what you do. Oh my gosh, let me tell you how we could help you. Boom. So your three main questions, what's your name? What do you do? How can I help you? Girl, I was over here typing because I'm definitely an introvert and, and I'm leaving. I'm leaving 15 minutes early. You're talking about staying 15 minutes late. But that is a challenge. That's a challenge for me. So I'm going to try it. I am taking notes and I am going to try it. I'm definitely the awkward person in the room. Um, but there's so much power in creating those uh, relationships. So those are really, really good tips. I hope that y'all were taking notes and writing that down. My last question for you, Justice, for people listening who know that this is something that they need, whether they need work or need workers, how can they um, apply or sign up to work with you? And then how can they connect with you on social media? Awesome. Yes. So if you're inquiring about possibly being a client of ours and you need a personal assistant, or if you're inquiring about possibly working with us, what I will say is email us personally at contact at ourerrands.com. So O-U-R-E-R-R-A-N-D-S.com, contact at ourerrands.com. And if you just want to look up things about us, if you want to learn more about our company or more about myself or Deshaun, um, go to our social media handles, which everything is at our errands. Um, and then also go to our website, www.ourerrands.com. I'm going to spell it out one more time. O-U-R-E-R-R-A-N-D-S. So not like the time hour, but like yours and mine, our errands. This has been another game-changing episode of Confessions of a Workaholic, meant to empower and encourage you to get that ass to work. You already have everything you need to get everything you want if you are willing to do the work. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you. See you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.